Hey, Hoopheads. Once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads Podcast Network for even more great basketball content. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. A lot has happened since the last time we recorded. The last time that we did record was before the draft, so we didn't even know that Evan Mobley, we kind of knew that Evan Mobley, was going to be a Cleveland Cavalier, but that is now official. Uh, the Cavaliers have made a trade for Ricky Rubio. Uh, the Summer League roster has come out. Free agency has started. It's all just kind of happened all at once. So a lot to get into here. Uh, joining me, Justin Brownlow, Dan Galinsky, Mac Perry. Same crew as last time. I'll just go down the line. JB, how you doing? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, uh, it, it's it's. I, I will say one thing about Cavs Twitter that's awesome. They they always have your back no matter what. So it's been it's been nice to you know uh, feel the love from some Cavs Twitter. But uh, yeah, I uh, Evan Mobley was the best pick they could make, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, roster moves they make uh, going forward here. Definitely will be. We'll be getting into it here. Dan, have you been able to keep track of everything? I feel like, especially today with free agency, uh, the floodgates have just kind of opened. But uh, you, you managing here? Yeah, I think uh, everybody's kind of hoping the Cavs can kind of get some contributor here, uh, kind of the scrap heap. But we'll have to see. Yeah, Mac, we doing well? All things considered, yeah, I'm doing okay. I kind of had a feeling this is the route that. Uh, free agency would go in regards to Cleveland you know it just reinforces the fact that Cleveland is not a free agency destination but uh, we'll see if they can uh, pull out some uh, (laughs) pull a rabbit out of the proverbial hat and sign somebody who can be effective we can't have have Garrett Temple now (laughs) no darn it Garrett Temple people there were some people that were clamoring for Garrett Temple for some reason I mean for me that was a thing some of it was a thing Nearly all of my, you know, all of my free agent wish list is gone, you know. Oh, me too. So, I mean, now they I are I think the majority be... of mine is. I, I think... wouldn't say that everybody is. Not everybody, but a good, a good I'd say like To me, like, the, the, the definite impact contributors are gone. Like, the yeah. the ones who you know could step into that wing, that backup wing role and, and contribute right away is going to be hard now. Well, I think we can all agree that, you know, after, and and we'll get into the trade, we'll get into the draft night, um, after what has happened, kind of a little bit more depth at the 2-3 wing spot, maybe some shot creation, some shooting, is is what this team does need in free agency, and I think there are some still guys out there, Uh, but we should just kind of go all the way back, because it has been, it hasn't been that long since we've last talked, but it has, it's been long in NBA years, because, just because everything has happened since the last time we've been on here. But we can just start, um, I guess, before the draft even, when they made the Ricky Rubio trade. Uh, the Cavaliers basically sending Tarion Prince in a future second to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Ricky Rubio, the Cavaliers. Um, cleaning up that kind of forward mess like we thought they would, uh, shipping out Tarion Prince, who, again, we like him, he's a good player, but probably didn't have too much of a role on this team next year. Uh, got a backup point guard in Ricky Rubio, uh, making a little over, almost $5 million more next season than, uh, to, than Tarion but is an expiring as well. Um, so the Cavaliers will have options with him after the season. They'll have some flexibility there. Um, but overall, you know, I think fits in well. It's clearly an upgrade from the Delvadova Dotson minutes that they had last year. Um, is immediately one of, becoming one of the team's best defenders. Um, doesn't really solve the shooting issue all that much, but he is capable of hitting open ones at least, I guess. But um, 
Justin, I'll kind of just start with you on this one. Did you like that move? Um, do you think that, I guess, just especially now that we've gotten into free agency, do you think they should have done more by now? But did you did you like the move for, for what they got out of it, I guess? Uh, I mean, to pick up Rubio was nice. It also kind of it, it kind of tipped their hand a little bit. I mean, we've seen already in free agency, I mean, Alonzo Ball's gotten scooped up, uh, Derrick Rose is back, uh, TJ McConnell signed back with the Pacers, so uh, get them getting Ru- Rubio was kind of me tipping their hand that they probably weren't going to be able to get uh, you know a quality backup uh, point guard in the free agent market. Um, Alex but, Caruso also signing with the Bulls, another potential name. Yeah, all, all to back up Kobe White, makes no sense, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I... I, I like the move. Um, obviously, like you guys said, uh, Torian Prince really didn't have a role here. Um, I still think there's some cleaning up to do around the three and four position, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into as well. But yeah, I mean, I, I like the Rubio pick. It's a, he's a or not the pick. Uh, the the trade. I mean, he's a veteran. He's a he's a veteran player. Uh, he'll be able to basically get all that second unit minutes uh, instead of uh, the guys we had last year. So. I liked it, but like I said, it kind of it, it 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 tipped their hand a little bit that they they didn't think they were going to be very successful in free agency right away at least. It, that is a fair point, and I think it it definitely shows it, it definitely shifted their needs in free agency as well from you know more of that you know reliable backup point guard to maybe someone who can score a little bit more on the wing. Um, and Mac, we obviously know Ricky Rubio's limitations on offense shooting wise. Um, not a guy who's really a movement shooter at all. Um, you know, like I said, he, he's basically limited to catch and shoot attempts, and he's not even great on those. But would you still say that the positives with him outweigh the negatives as far as acquiring him and what this team needs? Yeah, I would. I mean, you're you you do not acquire a Ricky Rubio for shooting. You just don't. You know, career thirty two point five percent from deep, and you know he is what he is on catch and shoot. But you acquire him because of his playmaking capabilities. He comes in and arguably is the Cavs' best playmaker. Uh, certainly the best one off the bench this this move will pay dividends hopefully for younger guards you know Darius Garland in particular you know to a somewhat degree Colin Sexton I'm sure that will be very impactful on him as well but the positives definitely uh, outweigh the negatives here when you talk about transitioning from Damian Dotson who the Cavs just kind of survived minutes with I don't even know if that's the right word for (laughs) and uh, Della Vadova who you know is really mostly nostalgic you know when you when you talk about why he was out on the court the farewell tour (laughs) yes yes you know the Cavs really just didn't have too many options to roll out there which is why you end up with rolling those two out so when you transition from having players of those caliber to having a playmaker of Rubio's you know it's a win like I said I think Rubio definitely does solve some problems but Dan post Rubio and, and I guess with Mobley in the fold now too what do you think the Cavaliers like? What do you think this team's biggest need is? Is it more just shot creation on the wing? Is it something else? What What do you think they need to at this point even target in free agency? Well, it's just simple. It's Terrence Ross, as we've touched on over and over and over, would be ideal right now. I think to me, I would strongly entertain like a Nance and um, a two for that. Uh, I would. That's what I would be doing. Like if I'm Kobe yesterday. Um, but, would it take yeah, Nance I, I, and a two? I think that's, that's I all they got at this point, to be honest with you, fellas. They're, like to, they, they, to me, they have, they kind of have to cash in on Nance now. It's like it, he, the the value is not going to be better. Free agency market is going to be picked over. It's gonna if exactly. they impact if they acquire an impact player, it's going to have to be via trade. 
Yeah, I'm kind of with Mac right now. Um, to me, I, I, I was talking to Zach Weiss yesterday on his pod. Um, it's kind of like a cheap alternative, maybe. I, I don't know. I might try to just throw an, an offer sheet, honestly. It's fee, maybe, for OKC. I, I, just for the heck of it. I mean, the guy can honestly play the 2-3 and three for you. He's 6-7 as size. He's a passable defender. He's not bad. Um, uh, that's maybe a, a cheap alternative. Do you look at a trade? Do you? I mean, I know we joked about this <laughs> last time, but do you look at TJ Warren now? See, I still don't think you do. Um, I don't know if the shot – and, again, you're still dealing with the same positional issues. I, again, it is an increase in shot making. But I, I, I'm still I'm still of the belief that there are options out there as far as shot making. And, and Dan, you mentioned just, you know, now is the time to cash in on, on Larry Nance just because you can get a difference maker. Um, and I, I do completely agree with you that if – That's just the only chip could, they have now. And I, I understand that. But I, I – like – I think we can still say that Terrence Ross, probably even more than before, is literally a perfect fit on this roster. You know, both positionally, just a, a, a kind of a weaker spot on the roster again at that kind of two-three position, and just bringing that shot making and shooting that you know this team desperately kind of needs right now. But do you, can I just you ask mentioned a quick Nance question? being the piece along? I'm going to ask a question first, and then I'll let you. Is yeah, Nance yeah. not an impact guy? You're saying that, oh no, you know, he's, he's absolutely trade Nance to get an impact guy. Is is Nance not that? I get that he's not exactly what you need from a shot creation perspective. He's only played 66 games. I think 66 to 67 is his career high, man. I mean, I love Nance, and I would love nothing more for him to stay healthy because when on the court, he is a very versatile and impactful player. But it's all about the health, and it's as time goes on, his contract is going to – it's not looking bad, but his value is going to continue to decline. So – if you're going to, if you are going to cash in now, would be the time to do it. I just don't see him. So are you, are you just b- basically just banking on you know the health concerns to continue then, Mac? I would like for them not to, but what have we seen to show you know to suggest otherwise? I'm I'm a huge, trust me, I, I'm a big fan of Larry, but it there comes a point when you have to just accept the the reality of what you're getting out of a player and Larry has not shown that he can suit up for even 70 plus games a season you know make call it call it uh, unfortunate you know call it bad luck but uh, Larry he just I, it's not looking good in regards to health JP or, you know Justin I want yeah, you to weigh on this um, you know is is in your eyes the health of Larry Nance moving forward enough of a concern to move off of him for a guy like Terrence Ross or someone else? I I mean they need to acquire more shooting and I, I I'm gonna be straight up with you guys numbers and salaries are not my thing I have a guy that does it for me with the NFL so I I am lost on that front but I I agree that Nance is kind of like like you kind of got to sell now because and if it really is their only like their only trade chip right now is Lance I mean then you kind of got to get someone who has more of an impact on the offensive and defensive side um I I love Larry Nance I he he he's been a great player he's uh, from around here he's awesome but at some point you just got to kind of look at to me like Kobe Altman needs to look at keeping like five, six, seven, a group of guys together more than anything else. Uh, like, you know, uh, expanding that core. And if Larry Nance is part of that, then you have to hope he's going to be healthy. But uh, I, I, 
I agree with Dan. I, I think that you've got to sell him high and take take what you can get from him. I'm still not quite there. That I just still think, again, I, I guess, and it's, with me, it's just so much more of not, and I, it is understandably a risk, and I understand that, you know, totally. Um, but I just, and, and maybe that is to a fault with me, that I just am banking on guys being healthier next year. Um, because obviously so many guys with this team, you know, dealt with those injuries, but I just feel like mm-hmm. the best version of that team is still, you know, with Larry Nance. Um, you know, I think even looking at Larry Nance versus Terrence Ross, I, th- I still think the best version of that team is with Larry Nance. I just think what he provides on defense um, and just the versatility that he gives so many different lineups is just still such a valuable thing. I still buy the shot. Um, it did tail off near the end of the year when he was dealing with a ton of different issues, including a wrist issue that clearly is going to hamper his shooting ability. But I, I do think we're at a point now where the, you know, the shooting isn't a serious concern with Larry. Um, and I do understand both sides. I just I still can't quite get there with a Larry Nance trade. Uh, and it really doesn't even have anything to do with the fact that he is a local guy and that, you know, like that's all great and it makes it you know, it, it makes me like him more, um, like as a person. But as far as even just as a basketball player, like that, that isn't even a factor. And I still just think that what he provides as a player is just still so, so, so valuable to this team. And I just, I think he does enough on the offensive end where I just don't want to lose that. But Dan, you had a question for us. Do you think there's any way that Bertans could be gettable? Bertans. So. The the thought here is I'm just that... thinking with the Kevin Love buyout rumors and just because the, the Wizards are seem like they're gonna have to go into like really full rebuild mode here. See, I don't know if they are because they still have Bradley Beal and it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. That seems like they want to kind of just ride it out this year with Beal and then maybe have a little bit more cap flexibility, which they are going to have next year, trading mm-hmm. Westbrook, you know, in the off season. Um so I think the thought there is that, you know, can they get off of Bertans' contract is definitely something they want to do. But what are the Cavaliers going to give them? Are they going to trade Rubio for him? Because that's something that they would be interested in. They'd be getting a point guard, and they'd be getting off of three extra years of Bertans' salary. That's kind of what I was thinking, yeah. But, like, are the Cavaliers really just going to trade, you know, Tarion for a point guard, and, you know, this is the point guard that we need, and then flip him right back for another power forward who, you know, somebody is going to have to not play here, especially at this point when the point guard market has dried up considerably. Like I, I guess there are still guys out yeah. there, but I guess what is the package other than if, – if it's not a Rubio package, what would it be? It would what have to it? be – Nance, That's it. Windler, and it would, it would, Dotson, yeah. I'm assuming, right? And then like, probably, yeah, that. Like, is it worth giving up Nance for, for Davis Bertans, uh, you know, for a lot of years? I don't think it is. No. Uh, that's something I might consider. I think he's a guy that... I, I know last year it was an off year, but that was like, pretty... You're going to have to start like, paying guys here soon. Like, you already paid Allen. Yeah. Love is still here. Garland. Like, you're, you're going to have to start paying guys, and I don't want that sitting I, on my books, personally. Well, the like, only... He, he theoretically fits... A, you know, he solves a need of shooting, but I... I, don't, I don't, yeah, I, I think if you're going to... Those are your only two trade chips at this point in time, if you ask me. You're, I think what you're seeing right now is that uh, nobody wants to come here. So you need to pay Colin. Well, you're, you need to pay Sexton. He's not going to be a trade chip unless it, things go nuclear. 
Garland ain't going nowhere. Okoro, you know, him, him either. And you start looking towards the bench. Windler, who's he, who is going to trade for Windler? Uh, Larry and Rubio are really the only two trade chips. And Rubio, the acquisition of him really does, you know, solve one part of the equation of the Cavs' needs, at least this offseason. And Larry, you know, if it means trading for a guy that you're going to potentially be taking minutes away from, you know, the other bigs on the roster, a la Wade, or uh, potentially even, you know, backup minutes for uh, Mobley, I just, you know, I don't see it. So if, if you're going to sell low like that, that's to me, that's selling low on on Larry. But I don't know. They, they're running out of options here. There's not too many trade chips. What is your thought process with this, Dan? Well, I just look at a guy like Bertans and that. Um, I, I just think for us, like, in a Nance deal, like, to me, the, the Cavs need flamethrower-type guys. And I, I understand that Bertans positionally is not necessarily a fit for you, but they, they just need guys it kind of that with some height and wingspan to just shoot over people and kind of open up driving lanes for stretches. And unfortunately, I, I'm as big on Larry Nance as anybody. Like, believe me, I, I know I get the defensive impact he has, the lack of, like, turnover creation that we had when he was out, basically, was glaring. That's I'm not discounting that at all. But I just don't know, as Mac has touched on ad nauseum, like, you just don't know health-wise, and he's not getting, he's not going to get healthier at this point in his career. And considering that there's going to be interest for him, he's got two years left on, I mean, a declining deal, and it's a pretty darn team-friendly deal, one would basically say. And he can be a tertiary playmaker, but the problem is I just don't know, like, factoring in, like, jumbo three lineups, I'm putting Wade out there much more than Nance with, like, Alan Mobley, I just think, like, in that realm, like, Bertans could be a guy, I'm not saying athletically he can play against threes, but no. I'm just thinking the Cavs kind of do have to have some, like, three versus two type, like, math stuff in their head in, in terms of those bench lineups, because the spacing, I, I don't, like, not being able to get guys, like, I, I actually thought Bullock was, like, a feasible target. I didn't think that seemed I was a little question. disappointed to not get Bullock. I, I, that I, was I'm surprised he honestly won. got that as uh, much as he got, though. I, I did know, not man. see that. These, these, I mean, it's all about offense. Shooters get paid, and they if you can shoot above 40% as he can, you're going to get paid. I mean, for him, I just I had a feeling that the mid-level was not going to be enough to attract him, and... The Cavs are just in a tough spot right now. I mean, that $9.5 million mid-level exception is just not drawing anybody in, especially to a city, uh, you know, that yeah. that is not continuing at all. So, I don't know. It, it's it's going to have to come. Any contributor is going to come via trade. And, and Larry, you know, for as versatile as he is, you know, I – if you're going to cash in on them, you have to do it now. I mean, I assume they're going to wait, you know, a little bit longer to see how many more of these guys get signed, but the wing market is going to dry up, and that's what we need right now. And he's really your guy. You're not getting rid of Rubio. You know, you've already made your decision, really, on uh, on Allen by re-signing him to that deal. You've, you've already committed halfway, so you're going to have to start shipping some of these pieces out 
to to make room for what you really need. Yeah, and you know, today has been somewhat disappointing probably for Cavs fans. I'm you know sure it has been. I still don't think that we're even, you know, close to a disaster situation with this team as to where, you know yes, you've missed out on some guys, um, but I still like the Cavaliers are basically targeting one more position at this point as far as like guys who are gonna be serious rotation players. Um, you know, yes it is disappointing that you haven't been able to find someone, you know, maybe Larry is a guy who can be on the table, but I, I don't think you know, it's we're not in as dire straits as it may, you know, seem by the way that some people are acting about all of this right That's now. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Totally agree. Definitely fair. You know. Like we've we've missed out on some free agents that would be cool to get, but like it's not the end of the world. And I do still think there are other targets out there and we can we can get to that in a little bit. But before we do, I do kinda wanna just circle back around to the draft a little bit. Um, and talk obviously about Mobley because the Cavaliers took Mobley and that's great, that's awesome. Uh, it's what we were hoping for, it's what we expected, and that's what happened. Um, Mobley obviously going to be probably at this point, especially with you know Allen being extended, I would have to assume the starting power forward. Uh, I, I don't even know if we're at the point now, and I guess I can ask that. Like it, At this point in time, after everything that has happened with Love this offseason, does he still, in your eyes, expect a starting spot at the beginning of next season, Justin? I think like he, from Kevin from Kevin Love's perspective, do you think he still deserves that starting spot? I think he probably thinks he does, um, because I mean, if they do buy him out, I mean, there's going to be a market for him. Um, I, I I don't know what's going to happen with Love. Like, it, it seems like they're locked in on Mobley and going to go that direction long term. So I I I would think they would like to offload Love, but I mean. Yeah, I, I think he's going to come back uh, from h- however good of shape or how bad of shape he's in, and I, I he's going to expect to be the starter again next year. And I I don't really blame him for thinking that. Not I don't know if that's the right word to say. I don't. I, I understand why he thinks that. I guess. Yeah, yeah, and you know we we do know that there is a plan in place within the Cavaliers, you know, front office and organization and coaching staff that he will have a reduced workload next year. He will have a reduced minute share. Um, but, Mac, do you think that, again, I'll, I'll just kind of ask you the same question. Do you think that he still thinks he should be starting on this team, even with them taking Mobley, even, you know, with guys like Nance on the roster? Like, do you think, in his, in his eyes, do you think he still thinks he should be the starting power forward? Honestly, you know, I've gone back After and everything, forth you know, this. that's happened with, with Team USA this offseason that, you know, is just kind of – Showing him where he's at health-wise, I guess. You know, and I don't mean to keep dragging it on, but just what are your thoughts on it? Honestly, I think he probably does think that he deserves to start, but I don't think he's going to say that. I think Kevin Love is at a point right now where he is going to do whatever the Cavs ask him, whether that be a bench roll, playing anywhere between 20 to 24 minutes a game just to reinstate his value so he can get the hell out of Cleveland. I think he's going to do whatever they ask him to do just for that and I can't blame him I mean he's the most accomplished player on the Cavs by far at this point but those days are long you know they're in the rearview mirror so you know what what's a guy like him to do at this point he has to accept and he I think he even you know uh, he even had a quote on this about being accepting of you know a bench role if that's what it comes down to you know he's he's just not the same player he once was you know even when he came to Cleveland he, you know, he dropped a bunch of weight to try and fit in with the Cavs, and the, the decline really started then. But now he's at a point where he, he could stop, probably still be a contributor to a contender, 
but it has to be in a very defined role and he's going to have to have an ego adjustment which has proved to be you know his uh bane of existence right now so no at the beginning of the year i i don't think he will advocate for starting and i think that's justified i think if he knows what's best for him he's going to have to accept a bench role to begin the season if he's not already bought out do you agree with that dan I don't think he would say it publicly. I don't see it. Um, just because the kind of track record he's had, or at least, I mean, earlier on. But, yeah, I, I think deep down he knows he should be um, a bench player, but I don't think he'd say it publicly, no. That's fair. Do you, do you think, at this point, just off of gut feeling, do you think he starts next year at the beginning of the season? I think so. Yeah, I, I think they want to give it uh, maybe five, six games to see. I mean, if he's able to be out there, I, I think they just want to see if he can establish some rhythm, maybe kind of show some value um, tangibly to maybe be involved in, and they can get something back. But um, I, I think... As of today, I'm going to say he is. I'm kind of with you on that. And again, definitely. And I don't you know, love saying it, but I think it's just my gut. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, it definitely depends on health because we have no clue if or when he will be healthy um, at this point. Obviously, again, we thought he was going to be ready for Team USA this summer, and that hasn't been the case. I don't really know if there's a whole lot of believing, a whole lot of reason to believe that he will be healthy for camp next year. I'm not saying it can't happen, but in the event that he is, um, I mean, I think it's going to be kind of a thing where they try to, you know, start him and try to kind of, I don't want to say feature him, but still, you know, act like like yeah, you're, you know, you're a part of this thing. And I just kind of feel like it's like quickly not going to work out, and his role is just going to reduce game after game after game. Maybe, like I said, yeah. you know, maybe he starts five games or so, but it's probably not going to last much longer than that, and it's going to get to the point where he's in a bench role, um, and we could even see his minutes decline past that. I think you know, ten games in, he might be playing fifteen minutes a night, and it might even get less than that to the point where maybe twenty games into the season, and he's not playing. And again, all of this is assuming he is healthy, which. 20 games into the season, you're asking Love to still be healthy. That's a big ask at this point, and it just is. I don't like that. But maybe that's a point where you're looking at this thing and thinking, yeah, this just isn't going to work out. Maybe that's when a buyout happens. I do think he's still with his team uh, heading into the season. Were you going to say something, Mac? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think the starter, just the, the title starter matters a lot to Kevin Love still. And probably e- even yeah. if you're starting him, doesn't mean you have to play him long minutes. you know. And I think that will probably be the case to begin the season he's not going to get his starters load in minutes uh, especially if he's not uh, looking the healthiest out there you know the team usa move for him was just not great you're going on one of the world's biggest stage and against some of the world's best players he was just not he was predispositioned to look bad there was no good outcome to that and you know, I think to begin the season even if he does you know start in that role I still think Mobley will end up playing more minutes than him Will he be getting Alfred Payton starts, Mac? Yeah, <laughs> I could definitely see it. I mean, it's a nominal thing, you know, just just to give him the start on the on the stat sheet. For different reasons, maybe, but I definitely yeah, could kind yeah. of see that happening. But um, kind of just looking back at the draft again, 
Obviously, there were reports that the Cavaliers were interested in trading back into the first round. Uh, didn't end up happening. There were reports that maybe they would try to trade for a second. That didn't end up happening either. Uh, they did go out and snag an undrafted free agent, uh, sign him to a camp deal, Chandler Vaudrin. Uh, we can get into that in a little bit. Uh, I, I am a big fan of Chandler Vaudrin, um, somebody who I got to watch play in person this summer and was really, really impressed with him. I uh, think he think he's going to be actually like a I, – I think there's a real path to him being like a legitimate NBA player. But, um, Dan, did you think that this team was going to trade back into the draft at some point, and are you disappointed that they didn't? Because personally, I'm not. Like, I, I would have understood it if they did. But, you know, from my point of view, if they didn't feel like they saw anybody that, like, they felt they had to go get, like, I'm fine with them, like, saying, especially in the second round when people were kind of freaking out that they weren't doing anything, at that point, I'm fine that they don't love anybody out there enough to give up something for it. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, too. Um, I, it would have been nice to be able to, like, to me, Wiggins out of Maryland, I, I liked a lot um, as, as a movement shooter. I thought that would kind of have been, quite frankly, like a really nice, like, Dylan Windler kind of replacement type. But I'm not going to make a huge deal out of that just because if you, you have to give something up, as you alluded to. Um, and you also think, like, you come back in the second round, What is is that going to be, like, a preferred to try to, like, get your hands on a guy for a two-way deal? Um, it, it's just what kind of – with the Cavs where they're at, they want to try to make the playoffs. So what – giving up an asset for a guy that probably has a slim to none chance of actually being a contributor, I'm not going to really make a huge deal out of. And – even in like a late first, I, I thought Bones Highland would have been a nice target, but um, it's again, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it just because the Cavs really don't need like youth it, that much more youth. So, uh, given all the other guys in the fold, and it, it'd just be another guy to, I mean, to me, it would have just like a movement shooter. I, I actually like Colby Ross um, out of Pepperdine coming in, but. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, the same uh, opinion of you on that. Justin, did you think they were going to trade back into the draft at any point? Uh, yeah, I I really thought they would, and then when uh, Cameron Thomas started to fall and Jaden Springer fell, I really thought they should. Um, they didn't, and then I thought they might get back up in the second round to get you know Jason Preston or I mean. AO from Illinois, or, um, I mean, Sharif Cooper was still on the board. So I was kind of disappointed that they didn't, um, you know, trade back up in it because I, th- I think Cam Thomas could be a really good player this year. I think he will be a really good player this year for the uh, Nets. Um, but ultimately, I agree. Ultimate check, dude. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I agree. It's not like, I, I mean, I, I'm sure all you guys saw the tweet or the Instagram yesterday of, like, the Cavs starting lineup, and they're all, like, 20 years old, so... Yeah, I mean, if anything, they need more veteran presence than more young guys. Shout out to Zach Weiss, by the way, on Across the Cavs for getting a million impressions on that tweet where he said, I think, um, like like this tweet if you're older than the entire Cavs starting five. Um, oh, good for him. I think I'm, I'm still younger. Well, I, I'm still older than Mobley. I might be older than a Coro. I think that's it. So I, did, I couldn't like the tweet, unfortunately. But um, anyway, Mac, uh, you know, I, I think Cam, Cam Thomas is an interesting one, especially because he did slide so far. 
Um, but even a guy like Sharif Cooper, where I think, yeah, there's some intrigue there, but, like, how much is this guy, you know, really going to play, especially after you trade for Ricky Rubio? Like, you, you, you know, everyone's kind of freaking out about free agency and how there are, you know, guys that are going off the board and the Cavaliers aren't able to get anyone. Um, do you think that, like, anyone they would have targeted in that late first to second area would have been, like, a rotation player or an important piece on the team this year? No. Uh, honestly, I don't. I mean, they have some uh, some questions in you know in in the forward spots, but I just don't see you know even Jetty with how hot and cold he is. I I just don't even see a late first rounder, early second rounder beating him out for a job. You know, it's just it, it would have been tough. I get it. If you're if you if they would have looked possibly in the middle of the first round, I could definitely see a guy like uh, Corey Kispert or. Moses Moody being an impact guy, you know, straight out the gate. But as the as the round progressed, you know, I quickly saw, you know, I was and I was kind of hoping that they wouldn't make a trade because there were just to me there were there was nobody there that would have been a day one contributor at least in year one. I can't what believe you, the Warriors got those two players. They the Warriors the Warriors arguably had a top three draft. And I think they may have had the best. Yeah, I, they, I mean, obviously, like the Pistons got Cade, we got Mobley, like the the Rockets got Houston, Green. Like, yeah. Obviously, those Houston are clear winners, right, right? Right. That's why. But like, yeah. to like to get the guys they got where they got them. Good lord! In the like, roster I am, that they already have in place, they're like the new Spurs. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I will say that Kaminga is not a perfect fit in Golden State, just because he's a guy who might need to work through some mistakes early on, and I don't know how much. Patience Golden State is going to have for that. He's a wise man. With that being said, yeah, with that being said, I am all in on Kaminga, and I think that he could be, you know, I think he probably will go down as one of the top five players in this draft, if not top three. Uh, Again, like I said, I think the dude is really going to be able to shoot the ball, and just that level of shot creation at that size, I think, is going to be. I I seriously think that he could be the guy that, like, kind of takes Golden State forward. Um, and maybe doesn't, you know, lead that team into the future because obviously Steph is going to be there. We saw Steph um, is expected to get an extension worth, like, north of 15, 50 million annually, which is nuts. Much deserved. But, um, yeah. like, he could he could keep the Warriors relevant. I think that there's that is a very real outcome, um, I mean, you know, moving forward in the next few years. And then to get Moses Moody at number 14, who I thought was a top seven player in this draft, was just ridiculous. I I said it like almost jokingly before the draft when I saw that the Warriors had seven and fourteen. I was like, Kaminga's gonna fall at seven, and then my other favorite player, Moody, is gonna go to them at fourteen, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, the Warriors basically drafted my two favorite prospects, and it's, it's yeah, that's hell. That, that's hell on earth. And, and, it, and it has to be the Warriors too. Like just like make it the Raptors or someone else, not the Warriors. Right. I mean, I still got big time beef with them, but if it's anything that you can say about the Warriors franchise is that they know how to draft and they know how to develop talent. Well, they're light years ahead, Mac. <laughs> yeah, Apparently, right. you know Bob Myers, man. He uh, they know what they're doing. Austin Rivers has re-signed with the Denver Nuggets. That's another thing that just came in about five minutes ago. So there's another potential name that maybe was a Cavs radar guy, maybe not, but is another guy who's not available now. But um, Mac, I kind of want to go back over to Chandler Vaudrin for a second. Um, Kind of a point guard slash point forward out of Winthrop, 6'7". Um, I compare him physically to Tomas Sadoransky, uh, just as a kind of a taller, not very athletic, but you know, really, really, really crafty point guard who just uses timing, uses angles, uses skill and touch 
to really be an effective player. What did you think of that being the guy they scooped up after the draft? I thought it was a sneakily underrated move. And, you know, I don't think they were, uh, they thought that he would fall into their hands, but I definitely can, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that they were able to do something. And for the assets that it would have cost them to move up, you know, back into the first round or even to the second round would have, uh, would have really depleted them even more than they already are. So I thought I thought it was an underrated move. Well, looking at our summer league roster now, because the summer league roster is complete. Uh, it was officially announced. Uh, we have Chandler Vaudrin, Broderick Thomas, Lamar Stevens, Isaac Okoro, Evan Mobley, Fiondu Cabangale, Jalen Hands, uh, Matt Ryan, Trey Scott, Trevon Bleat, who I think had a stint with some NBA organization, uh, James Banks, and Samus Hazer. I think this team is clearly better than the 2019 Summer League team that we had that was led by um, <laughs> Dylan Windler. I'm trying to think who else was it. It was. Wasn't Porter's on that? Was he. Or, who? Uh, or, or, I mean, Bobby. Or uh, uh, Billy Preston. Was he on that yeah, one? Or was I, he, I, no, I, think I don't think he was. He never played for that team. Yeah, he never okay. played for that team. Um, trying to think. Ja'Cory Williams was on that team. Um. Sounds right. I'm trying to think. It was Naz, Naz Mitru Long. Naz oh, Mitru Long God. was their point yeah. guard. That's who That's I was right. trying to think of. Um, so I think this team is definitely going to be more competitive than that. Dan, overall, just thoughts on the roster. Is there anyone that's kind of underrated here who, you know, outside of that core group of guys who, you know, have actually played for the Cavs? Is there anyone else here that you like? Yeah, I'm, I'm again, I've, I've said this a number of times, but I'm with you on Vaudrin as well. Um, I think he's got a little bit of, like, early on, like, Hayu Turkoglu in his game. Um, just a really crafty passer, can make all kinds of passes with both hands. Um, off the bounce, makes over-the-head passes. He has, makes, like, Wes Unseld-type passes out of defensive rebounds. Um, I, I understand, as you touched on, he's, he's definitely not an athlete, I wouldn't say, as far as this level, but I think I would say he's, he's not an athlete and he's not really a shooter either. I think he's a capable no. outside shooter, but not anything that's really threatening. And his free throw form is kind of rough as well. Yeah, the the shot is very wonky, but I'm just saying, like in an on ball kind of like sneaky, like long term development project, I kind of like it. Is is kind of like a potential uh, third point guard guy to, to kind of run some PNR for you. Who did Jalen Hands just get lo- let go by? I know he was, like, he was he, another team like just. What he playing overseas? Let him go. Yeah, he was playing for Serbia. Did, I, yeah, but like I feel like he was just in the news for some reason. Was he? What? I'm trying to look. Where, him up. where was he? Was he dressed? like some was team he had second his round rights. pick initially? Or yeah, he was. Um, I, yeah, I, I want to say was Pistons, it... The Detroit Pistons had his rights, and they just waved him. I guess that was oh, a month okay. ago. But I, I knew that I had seen his name recently. But um, another guy yeah, I, again with you know, know some sort of experience and you know being around the NBA. He's a hooper. Yeah. <laughs> again, like I think this team actually has a chance to like actually win some games because in 2019 it was it was rough. Dylan Windler was fun to watch then, but other than that, it was rough. So 2021. I really don't summer know. league champs. That's right. Let, Mac, is, is that are you going to make that your official prediction right now? <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> why not? Um, Fiondu Cabangale, 
uh, MVP. Summer League Finals MVP. That's my guess. Or just MVP of the Summer League. Or Lamar Stevens. Yeah, one of those two. No, I'm, I'm going with Fiondu. I'm going all the way with Fiondu. Fiondu will be the Summer League MVP. Book it right now. Um, <laughs> either him or James Banks. Has to be one of the two. James Banks line, wearing number 41, honoring... What do you say? I said I wonder what the line is... Uh, the value of Fiondu Fiondu's MVP and so <laughs> But, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, James Banks wearing number 41 to honor Ante Zizic. Maybe he has a little something in him. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a valuable jersey right there, man. It is, I'm telling you. I'm yeah, I'm surprised you. he even had that possibility, <laughs> that number. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they should retire that even for their summer league team. But... Out of James Banks, um, Samus Hazer, Matt Ryan, and Trey Scott, do any of you guys know anything about them? Uh, Trey Scott was with the uh, the G League last year with the Salt Lake City Stars. Um, Matt Ryan looks like was another uh, maybe undrafted free agent type guy. Um, I don't really know anything about any of these guys, and obviously this was just announced today, so I haven't really had the chance to look into them at all. Nothing. No, nothing about any of these well, guys. Well, no. To be honest with you, Hazer can Hazer could be a big time shooter if he can get some other things together. But that's that's the one that I. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a crapshoot. But I think they'll be fun. I think they'll definitely try to get up and down. And Blewett is kind of crafty, but he's kind of bound. He's kind of been a, a G leaguer for a bit here, but. Yeah, it should be. Hey, Scott's had, Scott has fun. three I, days of NBA experience. Okay. Oh wow, <laughs> he's got that. three days. I, I know nothing about Trey Scott. So. <laughs> with the Jazz, with the Jazz. How long ago was that? That was last year, twenty twenty, December fifteenth really to December eighteenth. He signed an Exhibit Ten contract. Oh, so he was with them in the preseason. Yeah, he was yeah. never actually. Never, he never no, played he like in crack, regular season. He didn't game. crack regular. Oh, okay, that that makes more sense. Okay, I was gonna say I don't remember that. I was, okay. was a four year guy at Cincy. Interesting. Hmm. Very interesting. That is. I th- I think at this point we can kind of move into more free agency stuff, and I want to start with Isaiah Hartenstein. Uh, obviously, the Cavaliers had an opportunity to extend a qualifying offer to him. The qualifying offer was for next to nothing. Um, they declined turning that or you know extending that to him. Um, it's been kind of a weird position with Hartenstein since the draft. Uh, somebody who I would really honestly still like to see come back, just because um, I think he could be had in a reasonable price. And I still think that there should be a third center on this roster, and I don't think it should be Fiondo Cabangale. Um And I and, you know I think the the finish that Hartenstein had last year warranted you know another look um, he's younger than Calvin Gale which is kind of funny but um, overall Justin I'll again start with you on this one what do you think of you know not extending that that Hartenstein qualifying offer and I guess I can I can see it in some respects that you know if another team were to offer a three or four year deal uh, the Cavaliers probably wouldn't even be able to match it anyway unless they wanted to use some of their mid level exception. Um, you know, declining his player option, or, you know, de- declining his qualifying offer, rather, doesn't really change what they can pay him because he was going to have to be an exception guy anyway, like I said in the last episode. Uh, it was probably going to always be the biannual unless they don't use their mid-level. But um, what did you think of just the sign of not even extending that qualifying offer to him? Do you think he, he, like, do you think there's any chance he's back at this point in your eyes? 
I mean, if they don't have the type of money other than, like, some of their mid-level exception to spend, I mean, I, I think he's a big, like, rim-protecting center. Uh, he rebounds really well. He moves pretty well for a big man. So I think he's going to get uh, some higher-level offers. Um, so I, I kind of think maybe the Cavs didn't even think they stood a chance. Um, but like I said, contracts, the things really aren't my thing. I, like I said, I liked Isaiah Hartenstein. I think I agree with you. I think um, three centers on a team, especially uh, good rebounding centers, uh, is a big plus. And on the defensive side of the ball, if Allen or um, Mobley are off the off the court, I mean, he can fill in and, uh, and be that rim protector. Um, but like I said, I think he will get a couple of offers that probably the Cavs won't be able to match or you know work with yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens um i know that the thunder are one team that are interested and there has been so much happening i haven't been able to keep track of everything i think that there is another team with reported interest in him um at this point mac what do you see like how realistic is it in your eyes that they bring him back um and if they don't is the plan to stick with common is the plan to find another you know developmental upside type of guy? Is it just to, you know, run with Kevin Love and Larry Nance at five? Like, what is what is the plan if you're not bringing back Hartenstein? If you're not going to bring him back, you're going to have to get really creative with how you stagger Mobley and Allen's minutes. And, you know, I've already talked about it a little bit, I think, on the last episode. I know we've each really hit on this. Uh, his weight, he, he's not there yet in regards to being able to defend some of the NBA's premier bigs. You cannot match up with a guy like Joel Embiid just yet. He's just not there. To have a guy like Hartenstein would still pay dividends if at the right price. But if you're not going to entertain bringing him back, which they've clearly thought about this enough not to extend him an offer, then uh, you're going to have to get creative with how these rotations are going to work. Larry, long term, you know, at the if even if you sprinkle him in because he can he can suit up there, but. That's just probably not the best thing for his health either. Kev, <laughs> I don't know. Man. The, 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 uh, not something you can rely yeah, on at this the, point. Kev, the jury's out on right now. And Kevin Gelly, I do like him. I think he, he, he does have more to offer than what a lot of people think, but he would be undersized uh, in my opinion. So if you're not going to bring this guy back, you better you better figure it out. You better play Mobley some, some pretty heavy minutes at the backup five when you can. And I still think even if your plan is to stagger the two and to play Mobley as your backup five as well as your starting four, you're still going to need someone when those guys get in foul trouble because you said it, he is still a thin guy. Um, Jared Allen, while you know, capable of playing center, isn't the biggest center in the league, you know, thickness and strength-wise. He's kind of undersized um, as well. Those are two guys who are capable of getting overpowered by the bigger centers in the league. And if those two guys are going to be picking up fouls, then at, at I think this you point have you're going to have there. to you're going to have to put <laughs> with how Isaac Okoro is bulking up, you're going to play him at center. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Dan? Taco. What is that guy like? Seven four, seven five. Why didn't I think of that, Dan? Why is he a free agent? Taco Fall. That's the answer. Yes. Um, I I don't know if the Celtics um, extended a qualifying offer to him a two way. I don't think they offer. did. Uh, um, go go, sure go after Tristan Thompson. Bring Tristan Thompson back. If a Tristan Thompson buyout happens, hey, I'm not. I'm not he's entirely. In, he's in Sacramento, it. right? I think yeah, he is in Sacramento. He's not I think they stay actually there. want him. He will not. Yeah, I think, well, I think they. Good. I think they want to keep him. Um, they wouldn't have gotten to that trade if they didn't. Uh, yeah. Especially, I don't. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen with Sean Holmes at this point. It seems like his market has died out 
considerably. I think he just um, got paid, didn't he? I thought he did. Rashawn Holmes? By who? Well, I just saw Larry Nance like reply tweet to something about Rashawn Holmes. Let's no, see. Rashawn Holmes hasn't been signed yet. I'm gonna well, has he? I don't think he has. No, I guess he didn't. Like the know. Raptors are still a suitor, but it's not clear whether that's shocking, gonna happen. Actually. Yeah, it is. Um so maybe he takes a pay cut to stay with the Kings. We'll just have to see. But if not, I think they got Tristan Thompson to be Rashawn Holmes' insurance. Yeah, so I don't think that's going to happen. I could definitely see. I mean, shifting gears, uh, the way this free agency is going, Dennis Schroeder, you know, he might be available. Yikes. He might be available as a shot That dude's going to fire his agent. He is going yeah. to fire his agent. Might, might Missed have out on so much money. But um, I, I still saw a report today saying he's still looking for $20 million a year on his next contract. I mean, um, he is. Not sure what sport he's going to get that in, but uh, best of luck to him. Handball. Yeah, right. <laughs> Dude, handball's so that easy. Type of money for handball. <laughs> yeah. We could be gold do, medalists in handball. Hey, you know what? Schroeder, ho- hope you find what you're looking for, even if I don't think you are. Maybe, maybe, uh, I, I don't even know what to make a shooter at this point. But, um, yeah, mid-level shooter. There you go. That's your that's your target. But, um, Dan, what do you make of the whole heart and sign situation? Again, like I mentioned, you know, they could look towards other young options. Um, but, again, I, I don't know if I like any other young, you know, flyer options more than I like Hartenstein, especially if you're not going to have to pay him that much. Um, do they go the veteran route? What do you think they do here? Yeah, I think at that point it it, it seems that way um, that they probably would. I, I can't say it for certain. Maybe they kind of consider maybe like a potential pick and pop guy like a Mo Wagner um, as an alternative. Um, I I like Omer Yurt Seven actually. I think he's kind of a flying under the radar guy. Um, See, I, I would f- much rather have Isaiah Hardenstein than Omer Yurt Seven. No, no I probably would rather him. have him, but Yurt Seven actually can shoot. Like he can step out a little bit. Not and Hardenstein showed flashes of it, but I th- I just think Yurt Seven. Um, if it could be another guy, I mean, he, he's, he's a, not nearly the rim protector of Hardenstein, but I think there's more maybe offensive potential that they might see. But at that point, I, it, it would be kind of an odd move to go from Hardenstein to him. It's, it's, it's hard for me to say exactly what the approach is, but gut feeling at that point, I would think they'd be targeting more of a, a veteran league. Bring guy. Anderson Bergell back. There's, Might as well. There's, <laughs> would you, that, that's, a, that's an interesting question. So I actually want to know the answer to this, Mac. Would you rather on the Cavaliers next year have Taco Fall or Anderson Verichow? Man, give me Andy. Taco couldn't get on the court. And, and Andy could? Give him offseason. Is Tony Bradley <laughs> give viable? <him> season. <laughs> Tony Bradley, that's actually, that is a good name, Dan. That is, um, that's actually like he's a, not, a good He doesn't movie. seem bad, I I don't no, he's not. I actually like he played quite a bit for the Thunder. He was a good energy third big for the Sixers right. before they traded him. That's actually something I wouldn't mind. That's another guy who could contribute. And again, not a shooter. Um, maybe a little bit more fluid athlete than than Hartenstein. Um, again, I, I'd still think you know why not just keep Hartenstein. But again, if if Tony Riley is someone you could have in a minimum, that's not something I would hate. Yeah, and he went to North Carolina, so that's good. Yeah, it's always up. There you go. Yeah, Justin's team. <laughs> While we're at it, we could just bring Andre back. Why don't we? 
Well, like, there's oh god, crickets. Um, <laughs> Blake Griffin back with the Nets, so one year deal. Shanghai. Is Biombo on the market still? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, Biombo, he's out there. He some some What's he gonna yeah. command? Can he be a minimum guy? I think he could. Um, for what you, for what I don't think he's anything other than a minimum. For guy. what Cleveland would, unless the Hornets for, just definitely. give him like a generous three million again. Yeah, Biombo could definitely be had. I'd love Biombo here. I'd love that. I wouldn't. Yeah, I would. <laughs> really? You wouldn't take that? I mean, as a third big, that's like a fifteenth guy. I'd take. That. You could probably get him cheaper than you get Hart. You, you definitely could, but um, I would prefer someone who can at least make a shot from like two feet away. I, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, even if it's not three, at least two, you can like you can put it off the glass and it'll go in like more often than it won't. Um, How about Melly me. then? Who Melly is a he already an signed overseas. Nico? Oh, darn it. Yeah. Damn. Uh, I thought I was really getting into the, that. The, the longer this goes on, and I don't think Cleveland has really made any any signings in free agency yet. The likelihood they've of... They've got Chandler Vaudrey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's the, who they have signed. <laughs> the, the likelihood yeah. of Hart coming back it will increase. Yeah, and like I said, you know, this this doesn't change anything as far as their ability to keep him. It's not like they had rights that they were... Like, they had non-bird rights that they were renouncing. So... That's yeah. not what they were going to bring him back with anyway. So, I think there is still a real chance that we see Harden sign back. But um, I just have one the... last question, just really quick. Yeah, yeah. What is yeah. when Woj tweets when somebody is signed, like wherever? When did he start saying the things about like the agency that report like tells ESPN? Is that I think like, that's when did a that fairly new thing. I think he just started doing. It just seems so that's new, like this season. Yeah. Okay. I, think I guess he's just I, I just quoting feel like a source, I'm like. It. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, the, I mean, you're normally it's just, you know, per sources, but I guess yeah. since so there's it's, like, it's yeah, allowed to be reported now. some really heat going on on the per sources thing. I'm sure you guys saw what Larry said. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, Good yeah. Lord, right. yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, go ahead. Reading an article and then saying what is said in the article and saying per sources does not count as sources. But, you know what, go off, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, be, I have, be a I have, reporter. I have a question. Is, uh, is uh, Malik Monk, is he just the worst version of Colin Sexton? I actually want to like get Monk. into that. So I, I actually like Monk. I, I like Malik you. Monk, too. I, I'm all, he should I be in the start with three. Malik Monk. With Obi? You can put him damn. in there with Obi? That was unnecessarily rude. <laughs> that was rude. But, that um, was over the top, dude. Come on. I want to start with, you know, obviously, again, Reggie Bullock, Alec Burks, um, Doug McDermott, Whoever else um, that you know you may be one of the Cavs to target seem like they're off the board now. We we are gonna have to look at some other options. I still think you know Fortan Corkmas is another guy. Yeah. But um, there are still guys out there. There are you know as far as just guys who can bring shooting at that kind of guard slash forward position. Um, and and in the case of Malik Monk, it's not really so much the forward position, but I think beggars can't be choosers at this point. You have guys like He's him, a shot you have creator. guys like Brent Forbes. He's a shot creator. Um, yeah, he is. Um. I think Malik Monk did kind of rehabilitate his value last season, even if it's not a lot. I think the only reason that you know Charlotte didn't extend the qualifying offer to him is because they got James Booknight, and there really isn't a role there for Malik Monk at this point. I think, but uh, I do believe that uh, Kendrick Nunn's available. It would be an option. Eh, Kendrick Nunn is going to be too expensive. I don't want. I don't want Kendrick. Not really a floor spacer either. Not it. Not really. But um. As far as Blake Monk, like the guy is a legit shot creator, which is something this could use. This team could use off the bench when you don't have Colin on the floor and you just need someone to be willing to take shots. 
I think he can do that. He can do that off the bounce. He can do it off the catch. Again, the defense is going to be a concern, but another guy who's young. Dan, why are you so out on Malik Monk? Well, I, I'm not – it's a joke, but it's more so that he's just like a hooper. Like, he, you're going to roll out the ball – or roll the ball out. He's he's going to shoot. I mean, I thought not, after those not gonna, uh, if there's four guys on the last him, podcast. If there's four guys, guys on him, he's going to find a way to get a shot up. Uh, um, I just – I don't really think – I think people would say, like, oh, my God, there's so much untapped potential with Malik Monk. Like, Malik Monk is, quite frankly, a twig. Like, we don't need any other guys that are twigs. And I don't really – I just don't really see a role for him. Like, Bryn Forbes, I don't either because what they're going to do – I mean, they're Forbes small, is They're real, less than ideal, but like, I think Colin this team is just not, needs shot creation off the bench. But you, you can't have, like, lineups with either Colin your, or your guards, Darius and Monk. Your guards are literally 6'3 like, and below. You have no guard taller than But it's six. not I just mean, that they're that – other than the other, like, Colin is put together. Monk has, I mean, he, he looks like he needs to be eating candy bars on the sidelines. Like, he is a twig. <laughs> give him, and give him we don't need any other that. guys that are twigs. Here's my that's, question. That's that the day. point. Like, you're, you're you causing not... guys to be in, injury prone when you have lineups like having Monk and another, like, twig on the floor with him. And... He needs a guy like Garland to get him to his spots. It's well, not like it's not like a shot creator like Colin or in Forbes. Is an I mean he's an he's an improved pull up shooter. He's not. I'm not calling him a shot creator. Uh, I'm not either. He's a he's a shooter. But um, my question to that is Dan is is two parts. One is Rubio not a guy who could find Malik Monk in his spots. He can. And two. Can the Cavaliers not survive a four-minute stretch with Garland and Monk on the floor when a combination of Okoro, Nance, Mobley, and Jared Allen are the complementary defensive pieces? Can they not survive small stretches with those two on the floor? You know, can they survive those stretches with Colin and Darius on the floor? Like I'm, I'm saying, both those guys are well. Monk is not Monk. Monk defensively gives zero effort. Like okay, zero. but like how much worse is he than those two? And is it he's a lot worse where I know than Colin. I'm saying, but like, okay, then Colin. And that's should. saying something. That is, but is it to the point where you can't survive a four minute stretch? With I think he gives two. up a ton in that time. Yes, like he get Malik Monk. If but, you watch him throughout bench stretches, gets very much targeted. And off in an off ball, he just has zero feel, like zero sense in how to navigate screens. The guy just dies. Like, no, he's he's dies. not a defender. We know that. <laughs> But, but I don't like, think they... he's consistent enough offensively to really give me like I'm not seeing the huge potential like pop when he's like he needs the ball like the ball swallows with Malik Monk like people See, think Colin Sexton exactly is tunnel vision Colin Sexton can actually get to his spots and make shots Malik Monk last season was the only one where he showed any promise in doing so and but it was in a very season... I mean it was in a reduced role. And what did he miss? Thirty games. Like, I, like the guy's gonna be like a DNP guy. Hey, like, I don't think he's more impactful than Dom, Damian Dotson. Quite frankly, I don't. I think see he it. would be more impactful than Damian. Dotson. I think so too. But I just I don't think he's an NBA player. I, I like not I think, not that he can't at all play. It's just he needs very like very like ideal stuff all around him. And I think. 
I don't. If you had think made this case our... two years ago, you're you're like you're bringing up all points that were more so true two years ago. I think he showed legitimate strides to where like I believe in him as an NBA player now after last season. Right, he's I think definitely an NBA some of the player. stuff about you know like his inconsistency. Like I think if it, I, I agree with what you're saying as far as like two years ago, there those concerns were very real. But I think he proved a lot of what you just said wrong, at least to some extent, last year. 40.1% from three last season. Does, is that not what Cleveland needs? I know we need size, but we need... And shooting. someone who can do that on, like, a f- not just catch-and-shoot attempts. Yes, the guy is a... Yeah. He can he can, he can can play. He's an NBA guy, but he is... he is. I'm not going to call him a twig, but he is... Uh, <laughs> He is he's pretty skinny. That guy looks I mean, like he's a, a bad defender, but like the thing is, you're oh, not no, no. getting he's a bad defender. Player. Putting it lightly, Dan, you're not getting what you want in free agency at this. You're going to have to just sign somebody. Guy. You're, you're going to have to sign. get somebody. You got to bring somebody. You're not going to well, get. How, if how many if, minutes a game is Malik Monk? Like how many minutes would he play? Fifteen to twenty. I was. I would not be playing if you're playing Malik Monk twenty minutes with this team. Man, you're you're asking. For Let's it. say an average of. 15, and if he has the problem with Monk, he's the kind of guy. If he has one really good game, he is going to think he is the dude. Like he is the kind of player that thinks he's should be having Sexton's role. Like he is that. Like there has been character issues with him mm, in Charlotte. I can't argue with that. That's a big problem. With he's him. only twenty three. Like he, he is not he's, a self. I don't know player. if it's that yeah. big. Again, like I think know, it's I think very big. This this Cavs team a lot does of not what you're have, saying wrong last year. I think he does not. This team does not have leaders, though. I mean, it's got like it's Rubio. <laughs> that's about it. Who are you going to sign Again, though like, as a leader, though, man? What else are you going to yeah. get? Okay, so that's my question to you, Dan. Who would you rather they target? Ish Smith. Ish Smith. Do you want Ish Smith and rookie Rubio coming <laughs> off the bench? Do you want them playing together? Do you want them playing with Darius? It'll like, be is that fun. What you want? It'll be fun, man. Ish I love Ish Smith, yeah. but again, like, you, that's not the guy that this team should be trying to. I'd get. rather There's go after Tony overlap. Snell. But. Yeah, give me Tony Roten. <laughs> give me Tony Roten. Tony Snell is a viable <laughs> player for you, though. Like you Tony know Snell exactly what you're player. getting. He's a hell of a lot more than you know. Literally, exactly what you're getting out of Tony Snell. That's give you that. There, there, there's my answer for you, (laughs) Mister Fifty. I'm sure I could. I'm sure I could come up with a a million others, but I don't have them by default right in front of me. Is is Denzel Valentine available still? You would rather have Denzel Valentine than Malik Monk. Uh, Yeah, honestly, you want to talk about selfish players with don't like. He's selfish too. But he he does at least have Justin, vision, like he has Justin. eyes. To I, 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 I do gotta so, say, the, I have to give him that. I'd rather have Langston Galloway. There's one. The size for okay, me. That's I mean, you know exactly. One. He's one of the better movement shooters in the league when he gets opportunities. That's a guy. I mean, Max? the size for me of Denzel Valentine would be enough for me to take him over. No thanks. Over Malik Monk. No thanks. I'll take Malik Monk. I'd rather have no. Davidas Servitas actually. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Daquan no, Jeffries, there's one. Daquan Jeffries is under contract. <laughs> I thought he was under contract. Or he's a restricted oh. free agent, isn't he? They, they extended he was a qualifying offer to him. No, Did I don't they? think he is. I'm pretty sure they extended a qualifying offer to him. All I know Let's is that the they are the... going to have a tough time getting what they actually want or <laughs> at this point, or need rather. So they're going to have to sign somebody. And it's probably not going to be somebody that uh, that that we're going to like. Is it going to be James Nunnally? <laughs> no. See, now if it was, if it's Malik Monk, Bryn Forbes, or I'll even say Tony Snell, those are guys who I would be okay with. Again, I don't think 
we're in a the sky is falling situation just because we missed out on the top guys. I, I don't think you know it's worth me having the conversation over, but it's not the end of the world. I still think this team Justin, can make are a there any, game with the with currently. Me too. Me too. Justin, are there any guys that you like that we haven't really talked about? Uh, I mean, you kind of, I, I don't know, you or Dan brought it up uh, in the in the chat. Uh, Joe Inglis would be uh, a player I think I would target. I don't know how available he is. Um, he would be a trade target. He, he would cost you Larry. He's, He's going to cost you Larry. I would abs- is he going to cost you Larry? I would give oh, him. Absolutely. I would get, I'd give no, him. No, but here's my thing. Like, the reason that the Jazz are trying to get off of Ingles is Oh, because he money. has an extra year. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Like... I'm sure, like, the, the Jazz would be happy to have Larry Nance, but, like, the motive for them to get off of him is to save that money. Give us Jordan so, Clarkson back. <laughs> that is, that is the, the Cavaliers could use Jordan Clarkson right now. I'll say that. Um, could use Jay Crowder from the Suns, too. Where the uh, hell was he uh, at in Cleveland? Boss Man Jesus. 99, baby. It, boss Man does not need a Cleveland reunion. I'll just it, say that. It's unbelievable how good he was uh, in the yeah. finals uh, and how I, bad he I was. I despise Jay Crowder. I don't I despise do, I do Jay Crowder, I but I, I re- I'm happy. I I'm happy for the success that he's had. I'm not going to root against a player. I am, but oh, I uh, <laughs> I will take absolutely Ryan against players. Are you kidding me? I would for that. <laughs> I I root I root <laughs> against. You know how many I root against PJ Tucker every single finals game. You know how many years I hated Steph Curry. I still hate Steph Curry. I, I still I, hate Joe Kim Noah. For Christ's exactly. sake, exactly. <laughs> it's a blind hate. I'm not the biggest Tyler Hero fan in the world. I will say that, but um, that's that's your hate. hate that's my. Right. If there's someone who I'm gonna Duncan hate, I, I, I don't Tyler. hate Tyler Heroes. I, I like Duncan Robinson. I'm just not a big Tyler Hero guy. I think he's Tyler Hero would be nothing. I, I won't say he'd be nothing, <laughs> but he would not be. Tyler Hero oh, would damn. not be viewed nearly as valuable as he is right now if he did not snarl in the finals. The fact that he snarled and he had 30 points in like one game because he's had a hot shooting night, people think that he is the second coming of James Harden. So, but literally, like, they probably, well, his value probably isn't even high enough at that point, but like, if Tyler Hero was really the piece that, like, stopped them from trading for James Harden, if he doesn't snarl, he's not that valuable. Just saying. But, um, I don't know. Before we get out of here, I guess we should talk about the Jared Allen extension. Uh, five years, hundred million, kind of what we thought was going to happen. That's kind of that's been what's been reported by Fedor for months now. Uh, was the five years, one hundred twenty million annual salary, average annual salary? I should say. We aren't sure if it's going to be a flat thing or if it's going to be increasing, decreasing. Um, we're just going to have to wait and see on all that. But uh, Justin, you happy with the contract? I think again, it kind of was expected at this point. A lot of people. Seem to view it as an overpay. Um, personally, I'm I'm okay with it. I think it was worth keeping him. Um, we don't know what Toronto was going to offer, but overall thoughts on on the Jared Allen extension. Uh, I mean, I I was uh, one who was voting for him to get the extension. Uh, I do think it's a, like I think contracts overall are crazy in the NBA, but I do think it's a little bit overpaying. Um, but I also think by like you know re-signing Jared Allen, you're showing faith in Evan Mobley uh like 
basically mm-hmm. you're betting on Jared Allen because you're betting on Evan Mobley. So they're two young, uh, two really young, uh, big ring protecting uh, like big men who uh, Mobley hopefully will be able to stretch the floor. But then uh, Allen just um, uh, locking on the post. Like I said, I do think it was a little bit of an overpay, but to keep him in Cleveland, you kind of got to pay that luxury. So um, that's just. I mean, we we've seen off season after off season after off season in Cleveland, and they, Max right, people just don't want to come here, so you kind of have to pay the premium. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, by the way, the Lakers continuing to make moves, um, and you are right, Dan. Usually, it is like sources Kent Bazemore agrees to one year deal. Um, eight, like now, it's agent Austin Austin Walton tells. Yeah, it is. I don't. I, that is a good point. I hadn't really thought about that, but. The Lakers I, I, getting Trevor Ariza, um, Kent Bazemore now, uh, Dwight Howard. Who else did they get? Wayne Ellington. Like I kind of like what they're doing. I like the pieces that they're getting, uh, considering what they had to work with. But um, I actually liked Wayne Ellington kind of for us. It was kind of like a yeah, story. like that's exactly what they need as far as shooting. Like but then, what did you but think of you know the, uh, yeah, the uh, it would have been a good is it, good is sign that they have been able to acquire. Yeah, Mac, you you go first. I feel like you're you're you chomping at the bit. Uh, Hello? is just is is Justin still in there? I, I can't see him or he. You there? Can you hear me? He is. Uh, I can hear both of you guys, but it doesn't sound like you can Mac hear me. Can hear ju- uh, you, Justin. I, I think I think we may have lost yeah, Mac. Mac's not even showing up on my screen. But anyway, on Dan, before as we try to get Mac back here, um, is is the Jared Allen extension is the number basically what you would expect it to be? Yeah, I thought it was. Um, it, it's you guys have hit on it that was what was rumored for a while um yeah i'm with justin too i just think with with alan i mean yeah it wasn't definitely wasn't a bargain but i I don't think it's such an astronomical deal where you can't move him if you absolutely need to at some point um and i'm just glad that they did it and I just think with him, I think there's more offensive potential. And I actually think he, he showed flashes as a passer last season. Um, I just think the way, with how he can help movement shooters, um, defensively playing vertical, uh, when he's right, um, is is an impact player for you night to night. And I just think it's, it, it's your bookend starting five for now. And I, I do really think him and Mobley can be, an effective fit just because of how long both of them are. Mac, I know we talked about it a little bit already, but do you believe in the in the um, the Allen Mobley fit? And if in the event that Mobley does kind of prove uh, that he is the five of the future moving forward, um, how easily do you think the Cavaliers would be able to move uh, Jared Allen's current extension number? I think when we look back at this extension, we're going to think it was a bargain, to be honest. Uh, part of what you play, play, uh, pay players for really? is not necessarily what they are at the point in which you give them, them this extension. It's about what they could possibly become. They obviously had to overpay to keep him in Cleveland. But I think they, there's something there, potential-wise. I think he is not close to the player that he could ultimately become in if he's not, I think that the value that he could establish over the next two seasons could make his contract movable if Mobley ends up being the uh, the five of the future. So I think it'll be a movable contract down the line. And he is still young, I think just 23 years old. So it's possible. You know, I, we, we've definitely seen contracts be moved, you know, with uh, 
uh, a lot easier than I'm thinking that this could possibly be. He's definitely not in the category of somebody like Kevin Love. So it, the contract could be moved. Five years, 20 mil a year, presumably. I definitely think it's something that you could get off of if you needed to. You may have to attach, you know, some type of uh, some type of asset with it if it came down to it, but it, it it would not come down to that. I don't think. I don't think it would either. I think we've seen at this point that Jared Allen is a, like he's he's always going to be a good player. Um, I think through the duration of his contract, he's so young. But I don't think that we're going to be entering a time when you know we see a significant decline. Do you know what him. else it tells me, Justin? I think. <laughs> Tells me, it, it tells me that they need to pay Colin Sexton. You're not keeping. We'll see. I'm not. I'm, I'm, not I'm. I, I think that it's reasonable. Again, I'm not going to change my position as to if if you can come to a reasonable extension number with Colin this offseason, go for it. Um, there are far less. Con- there are far fewer concerns fit wise with Evan Mobley than it would have been with Jalen Green. Uh, I, I still. I'm not against waiting it out and seeing how the season goes until doing it, and then if you, you know pay whatever it takes next off season, if he's you know asking for what the Cavaliers feel like is too much right now, but um again still firmly on team keep Sexton. I think any trade rumors are silly, and you know that the Cavaliers are serious about keeping Colin Sexton when Sam Amico himself tweets out <laughs> that the Cavaliers are unlikely to move him. I got to yeah. kick out of that, but um. Do we even know what as he's a, as asked I, for? As I, we don't. We don't. And that's the thing. I, I don't. It's all speculation at this point. So that'll be a wait and see. But um, anything else from any of you before we uh, before we close up here? Do the uh, Cavs play the or if the Cavs play the Pistons early in I the think, season with Kelly Olynyk signing? We better watch out. Oh yeah, I'll call him again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah watch out for him story, ripping yep. somebody's arm out of the socket. You like, Hold on. You got, do you want to do you want to tell the story here, Justin? You guys want to hear Larry Norris, Larry Nance story, or uh, Kelly Olynyk? Kelly. Um. So uh, let's hear the, let's hear your Olynyk story. Uh. So I worked in Alaska at uh, fishing lodge. Um. One summer. Uh. It was the summer that Kelly Olynyk actually hurt Kevin Love's arm. Um. So I went up to work at a fishing lodge up there. I was a uh, fishing guide. And one of our other guys uh, was a rower from Gonzaga who, um, like, was friends with Kelly Olenek at the time. And um, basically, we had a lot too much to drink one night, and I called him and left a scolding hot voice message. And uh, then my buddy came up to me the next day. He's like, dude, what did you say to Kelly? He's, like, really pissed. So, yeah, that, that was interesting. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't like Kelly Olenek. I, I never will. <laughs> You fueled him. You fueled him. Yeah, that's somebody who I will never root for is Kelly Olenek. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I I don't take any of it back. I was happy. Um, yeah, definitely. No, good for you. Definitely. Kelly uh, deserves that. Uh, yeah. And then a little, little tidbit about Larry Nance. Larry Nance Jr. Uh, gave me my first travel basketball loss of my life. Ugh. And then his his college teammate Wyoming, Jack Benz, um, ended my high school basketball career. Um, so I, they, Larry Nance ruined me in basketball for my entire life. I'm just going to blame him. So that's him. why you want to trade him. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just need to get him out. Uh, he needs to <laughs> just go back to the Lakers or yeah, nah, no, 
But uh, yeah, no, actually, but those are true, and I, I like Larry Nance, and he's. Uh, I've I've talked to him a couple of times. He's a good dude. So I hope they don't have to trade him. I would like to them to have keep this kind of core together. I think, I mean, before we leave, I think I, um, I I think you have your core five going forward. And uh, I, I, as of right now, I mean, we see how free agency is going, but I, it's not going the way of the Cavs. But I mean, what what can you expect? So you have your core five going forward. Uh, personally, I think Isaac Okoro needs to make a huge leap this off season and um, early next season. Um, but I, I, as much as I don't really like Colin Sexton and didn't like uh, the fit there, I, you got, you kind of got to go into it with him this year. And, uh, you know, hopefully he does end up like Donovan Mitchell and you can pay him, uh, you know, Twitter bill. <laughs> All right. Before we get out of here, Dan, I have to ask the question. Who would you rather the Cavaliers acquire this offseason, Malik Monk or Obi Toppin? Are <laughs> uh, uh, you talking about the big three MVP, Obi Toppin? You know what? That's I'd what rather, I'm saying. Like, I would rather them acquire over either Dante Exum. Hmm. Okay. I think that answers the question well enough. Um, Andre Drummond? Andre Drummond over any of the other two? He's going to end up in Miami. I'd rather them bring back Z. Over under drums. I think I'd rather have that. Hey, Z was, was Z was ahead of his time. Out. He could still yeah. he could still pop to the elbow for you in the short roll. Yeah. I think he, I think he <laughs> pop to the elbow, yeah. I mean, yeah. he might pop like a knee. I mean, Verzal could do that for us, but uh, I think I he think we'll the wrap moves. it up there. He saw um, it. Thank you, everyone out there, so much for listening. I'm sure we'll be back at some point next week. I'll be in Las Vegas all week at the summer league. So uh, hopefully I will be able to find some time to record then, and hopefully the Cavaliers give me some good games to watch. But uh, maybe, other than maybe that, you'll get some run I'm, too. Like I said, I'm sure we'll find a time. I'm sure we'll have plenty. To... Hey, maybe so. That'd be great. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review, all the fun stuff, and we will talk to you again soon.